This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a privilege to be with you. And if you were with us earlier in the week, you know we're talking about some scriptures in Matthew chapter 8 beginning at verse 5 and going through verse 13. This is the story of the centurion whose servant was ill and he was coming to Jesus. And we'd like to read it so we could pick up where we left off yesterday. If you have your Bibles, it's Matthew 8, beginning at verse 5. And when he, Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him entreating him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you that many shall come from east and west and decline and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom shall be cast out into the outer darkness in that place where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, let it be done to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very hour. Over the course of the recent days, we were discussing the enormity of this situation. We need to get the picture that here was a centurion, a Roman soldier, coming to Jesus and calling him Lord. We also know that this centurion had favor with the people of Israel. He loved Israel, and in Luke 17, where this situation is discussed, it says he even helped to build a, a synagogue. And we mentioned yesterday that this is a fulfillment of the scripture that says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Here was a man going to be blessed because he had a heart and a love for Israel. But there's so many aspects of this that we really need to ingest and see that this is an example for our own lives. Here was a man under authority. And this is the points that we've been making thus far. And we want to pick it up from that level. He was a man under authority, Junie, and therefore he had authority. And he saw that Jesus was a man under authority. In other words, all the authority that Jesus had came from his father. 
and because he submitted himself to his father, he then had the authority that the father gave him, and he became like a conduit of the power, authority, and the uh, the authority, I should say, that his father had, and he was representing his father. And it's interesting, Shelley, because the authority that was given to Jesus, or his Hebrew name Yeshua, which means salvation, was to go to Israel and to talk to the Jews about returning to God and trusting him and believing him. And we see here in verse 13 of chapter 8 um, that Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, let it be done to you as you have believed. And in the beginning of chapter 8, Shelley, we never touched that portion of Scripture, but it's interesting that in verse 4 of chapter 8, Jesus said to the leper, which we'll read now, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. So here Jesus' authority was really in coming uh, to this earth as the Son of God and the Messiah, the sent one. And both times when he did a healing, he said, go. And um, I would just like to read, if it's okay, from chapter 8, starting at verse 1, right before the centurion, what had happened in Matthew. And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and bowed down to him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus then said to him, See that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded for a testimony to them. And I believe today, Shelley, our lives, when uh, we go to Jesus and we cry out to him for an area in our life, when he answers us, and his desire is to answer us, we need to go. Amen. We need to go and share, or we need to go and do what was commanded of the boundaries of the law that help us to live a healthy life and proclaim that as a testimony to the world, to the Jewish people, even to the church, right. that Jesus still hears he sees, he knows, he desires to deliver us and to make us whole. So we need to go. Amen. And whether it's making disciples of all nations or go and give testimony of our life, the way we live, but we need to go. You know, Junie, when you said that, it really uh, transitions into where we're going with this because going, going <laughs> recognizes the fact that we're going, but we're going because the authority Jesus has sent us. In other words, it's going and it's being sent by him. And that really brings us to the point that really needs to be emphasized, June, that this centurion 
was a possess really he was taken possession of by Rome he was completely under the control of the power which called him to into service so now if we relate that to us if we have been called into the service of the Lord we have been called by the authority of God through his son and is and are anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit but here's the thing at at the same time of re, being under authority the power of the Roman state was transmitted to this centurion. In other words, he was under authority, but that when he accepted the authority that was over him, that authority was transmitted into him, and he became not only an instrument of the state, in other words, a man under authority, but he also possessed the whole power and authority of Rome to carry out its will. So he became a man of authority. That's exactly what happens when we come under the authority of the Lord, the Messiah Jesus. We are under authority, are covered by him, and then we become a representation of him and his power and his authority. It's not anything that we have within ourselves. In fact, I think of what Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. If we understand that we are nothing, that all good and perfect gifts come down from above, the authority that Jesus had that comes down from above is then transmitted to us. So when we are under authority, we then become a representative of that authority who gave us the authority. So he, the centurion, was a representative of the one that dominated and controlled his life, and through him he carried out the purposes of Rome. Now, he embodied the authority of Rome, and I know we shared this at our congregation, but you might say that he could have said, I can do all things through Rome, which strengthens me. Now, if that is true on a natural basis, Junius, we are under the authority of the Lord himself. The reality of that scripture is true. I can do all things through the Messiah, which strengthens me, because he has invested his authority in me. And you know, Shelley, what Jesus pointed out to the centurion when it came time for a man being under authority was that he had not seen such faith in all of Israel. In other words, the Roman doing what was right by obeying the one who was over him and also having the authority to command those who were under them, under him, he understood that all that was needed was a word said to him by the general of the army, and he needed to obey. Amen. And he saw that the men under him, that if he spoke an order, they needed to obey, and that the army was on uh, the winning course. But Jesus spoke to this man and said, I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. So there's something connected, Shelley, between believing, faith, and being under authority. And uh, in Mark chapter 6, we see uh, that um, Jesus was not able to perform any miracles in his hometown. And it said in verse 6, and he wondered at their unbelief, or he marveled 
at their unbelief. And you know, it's interesting because if we don't believe God, if we don't have the faith to know that God is able to reach us in every area of our life, then it is that God marvels at our unbelief. It's amazing that you bring that up, Junie, because, you know, we're looking at the New American Standard, and in verse, in chapter 8 of Matthew, it's in verse 10, now when Jesus heard this, he marveled. So in other words, you brought up the point of him marveling at the unbelief from the people in Nazareth, and here Jesus marveled at the faith of this centurion. And you know, we're coming to a close today, but we'll pick this theme up tomorrow. The only two times that Jesus marveled was in these examples, in Mark 6 and Matthew 8. We have the opportunity to cause Jesus to marvel through one of these examples, either through our unbelief, which I hope we don't cause him to marvel, or we can cause Jesus to marvel today at the faith we express. And again, as you said, and this is where we'll go with this tomorrow, there's a dramatic link between being under authority and walking and living in great faith. And I believe Jesus is waiting for his church, his body, his believers to live with great faith, faith that would cause him to marvel. And in this day and age that we live, more than ever, God's people, Israel and the church, need to trust and believe God yes, because of the days ahead. Thank you, Lord. Lord we do want we to cause you. you to marvel yes, that we would trust you, Lord. We would believe you. We would live for you. Lord, we would be willing to die for Thank you. you Lord. Lord, we trust you and pray for every listener to yes, cause Lord. you to marvel at their belief Granted, in you. Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, Shelley and June Volk. Dot com. That's Shelley and June Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. <laughs>